This episode is sponsored by JDAQA Software Testing, your scalable solution for manual, automated, security, and performance testing. Check us out at JDAQA.com. And with that, let's get on with the show. This is the first customer hosted by Jay Agnew. Hi, everyone. Welcome to First Customer. My name is Jay Agner. Uh, today, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Baydad Jamshidi uh, of CJAM Marketing. Hello, sir. How are you? Doing great. How are you? I'm great. You're up in Vancouver, British Columbia, which uh, somewhere I've wanted to visit. We talked a little bit before the show. Is the weather nice up there right now? Right now, it is mildly sunny, which is very good weather in Vancouver. Okay. All right. I've heard it's rainy, right? Or no? It usually rains, right. yeah, but we got a pretty good summer. If, right. if you ever come to Vancouver, that's when you come up. All right, I'll come in the summer then. Well, cool, man. Tell me where you came from. Where'd you grow up and kind of did anything in your childhood lead to you being an entrepreneur? Where I grew up. So I was born in Toronto, funny enough. Right. Packed my bags when I was one with the parents and moved over to Vancouver and basically lived here my whole life. And my parents were immigrants. And so I think that definitely had an aspect of becoming an entrepreneur because you watch my dad go from working, you know, three gas station jobs to then having two kids and going, oh, this isn't going to support this family, you know, goes to school again, gets an accounting degree or license and then starts his own business. Right. So watching that and that type of grit mm-hmm. obviously plays into kind of who you are. And I originally took the traditional path of going through school, getting my engineering degree. And then I did like everything from QA testing like you do to software to then working for like a big telecom. But I always had this like itch of like just doing things outside of the norm. And so I did stuff on the side. You know, I got my personal training license. I tried to do a software project. I tried to do all these different things. None of them really stuck until my current business. I'm always curious about the ones that didn't stick. Tell me about some of those. What did you try? Personal training. What did you try to do there? Like, did you try to start your own business? Did you just try to kind of like do it on the side? Like, what was the story there? Yeah, the story, I mean, the story there was I spent a lot of money on my own, like personal training and physio and things like that. Like when I'm talking a lot of money, I'm talking like forty to $60,000 because I had a lot of injuries playing soccer growing up. So I almost paid for a kinesiology degree, but just did it through actually going through it. So at that point I was like, well, I know I have this, all this knowledge and I'm seeing these personal trainers not teach people things correctly. So why not just get a personal training license and do it on the side and see what we could do? So I took on customers. I had about four patients, four personal training clients while I was working an engineering job. And it, it just kind of got to a point where I was going to potentially, right before COVID, open up a gym with one of my personal training buddies. Thank God we didn't do that because that would not have been good. But I got to a point where I just noticed, I was like, oh, this personal training stuff, it's not just physical. It's like there's a whole mental aspect to it. And I can't, in one hour, you know, every three or four days, I can't fix that. And so it was kind of like, I kind of stopped doing it because I was like, I can't truly help people the way I want to help people. And so that's kind of what burnt it out over, over time. Interesting. Yeah. And could talk for days about the mental side of the physical, you know, physical health and how that helps and, and hurts the, you know, the mental side of things, but huge proponent of moving, you know, it's like, we don't do that enough anymore. So tell me about CGM. How did you get to CGM? Did you start that start with kind of some freelancing stuff before that? Like, how did you figure out that was the path for you? So I'll give you the kind of the context of it. Like, so 
it was a combination of what I was doing at the time, plus kind of like these new skills that I kind of picked up. And so like what I was doing for my full-time job, I worked at a, a company very similar to like Verizon, but up in Canada, it's called Telus. Basically I was working with B2B customers, like businesses anywhere from about 50 to a thousand type employee range, understanding kind of what's going on within the business from a C-level perspective, IT perspective. And then from there building out a roadmap, typically for technology, but it would touch a bunch of other things of how to get from A to B to C within the business. And so that's where a lot of like my business consulting, sales, leadership, and technology experience came from. And one of my coworkers at work talked about this guy that was making like $50,000 a month doing SEO for dentists. And I was like, I didn't know what SEO was. I knew what dentists were. And the guy had a two hour video that I should go watch. So I went to watch the video and I remember standing in the living room being like, this makes sense. Like looking over at my wife and, my, and the guy had like a like cheap $500 course. And I was like, Oh, at that time, it wasn't cheap for me. It was $500 American was a lot of money. And I was like, oh, right. should I buy this and spend right. the time to do it? Yeah. And my wife was like, look, if you do this, you better stick with it and make some money out of it. And so I took the course. The course was good. I mean, it taught me the basics of like websites and Google ads and SEO, like super basics. But mm -hmm. then the engineer in me wanted to learn more. So I took like a 25 hour Google ads course. I started reading SEO textbooks. And so picking up all these like skills. And then I started basically working with like one of my friends, I was like, hey, I know how to build a website and your website's really old. Can I just build you one for free? And you pay me at the end of the day of like what you think is it's worth. And so I kind of got into that. But over time, I started getting really tired of, of doing 80 hour websites on the weekend. They weren't fun. So I started looking for partners to work with. And so one of the one of these agencies was like, hey, I'll give you a percentage back of like leads you send me. And I'm like, so I just send you business and it's the right match. And I got a percentage of that. OK, cool. Like that's already built out. And as I did that, I noticed kind of two things that marketing agencies didn't understand business and business people didn't understand marketing, right? You put these two people in the same meeting and these, the agencies would pick up work that they shouldn't pick up. You're like, that's not your core competency. Why are you selling the customer on? Right. And that drove me nuts. And so I started realizing there's a massive gap in like that knowledge space and that like connection space. And so I thought, what if I was able to build out a partner network of people that I trust, right? I'll talk to businesses, see what they need, and then go, here are the people that you need to talk to in marketing. Um, and so over the course of four years, I've spoken to over 671 different agencies and partners. And I vetted that list down to 80 plus partners that I trust and work with. And that's all I do now. I just talk to businesses, see what they need, and then match them with the right marketing partners. So that's kind of like how my business has evolved. And, okay, that was a lot to unpack there. Well, I love the story of the, you know, the two hour, you know, infomercial that got you to the course that got you to doing the, I mean, that's how it works, right? So for those who don't know, is SEO still king? Is that still the way that people deal with stuff? I mean, just kind of a technical question on your background, like, is that still worth putting money into from your opinion as a marketing kind of expert at this point? So when you look at marketing, you have to look at marketing as a whole, right? So if you're starting out as a business, you're turning on different channels for marketing, right? And at some point you need all these channels to work together. And that's when the flywheel kind of starts taking effect. Like you're mm -hmm. everywhere, right? Like if you're right. doing SEO, people are looking at your content on the web. They're coming, they're learning about you, but then they start seeing posts on LinkedIn. They start seeing Instagram posts. They start seeing other stuff and they start going, holy, these guys are everywhere. So the next time you need some sort of marketing, who are you going to go to, right? So SEO I'm personally investing in my own SEO because that's how I do my knowledge share. But then I take the SEO content, take that, reapply it to Instagram, reapply it to LinkedIn. So I'm using it as a content strategy, similar mm -hmm. to like this podcast, right? right? You run a podcast, snip up all the videos, put them on different things. You can create blogs out of them. Like 
it's just all part of the overall content strategy and getting your business out there. Yeah, that makes sense. So what do you think held you back from reaching your conclusion sooner, right? Like what are the lessons you think that you kind of learned along the way before the light bulb went off and you went, oh, like this is something I should be doing? So I always took a really methodical approach on how to like shift from working full time to doing my business, right? Like my whole mindset, like I had this like five to 10 year plan of like, hey, I'm making a certain amount of money in TELUS. I'm trying to get CGM to replace that amount of money or more, right? And so I put in the hard work, just working two jobs for a very long time, right? It took me about three and a half, four years before I left my full-time job six months ago in January. And so CGM's been around for probably like four years and three or four months now, just for like context. Mm -hmm. So I put a lot of hard work in there. I might've been able to leave sooner, right? Like even when I was making less than the engineering job, but just knowing my own personality and that I like some sort of stability and some sort of stuff, I wanted to be at a certain level before I left. That was part. One of the biggest things I had to get through is because initially when I started CJAM, I had a partner in the business mm -hmm. very early on, right? He probably left four or six months into the business. And that was like probably one of the hardest things that I had to kind of get through is like, hey, I had a partner because I thought, you know, he had skill sets that I didn't have and it was good to like bounce ideas off of someone. And I always loved building things with other people. So I had to get over the fact that he didn't want to build anymore. I had to run this business myself and figure it all out myself. And there was a lot of like internal aspects that didn't trust that I could do something like this. Mm -hmm. And it's still, and it's still around, right? Like every business owner, right? Like you hit right. certain levels. And when you hit a certain level, you have to evolve as a human again. And you have to evolve. It's a massive personal growth journey. So I had to get through that level, which I did. And it's just always just being prepared to be like, am I ready to upskill to the next level to get to what I want to get to? Right. What do you think your biggest growth has been in personally as you've gone on this journey? The mental health aspect is probably the, the most massive and what I'm putting a lot of time into now too. So I've personally done counseling for like five years, right? When I worked at TELUS, they gave us $5,000 uh, a year to do any type of counseling. And I was like, hmm. cool, I'm going to go figure out what I don't know that I don't know about myself, right? Like I didn't have any specific issues I was trying to solve, but I was like, I just want to learn as much as I can about myself. When you start doing entrepreneurship full time, like even when you're working full-time and you're doing entrepreneurship, it's not the same. As soon as you start doing entrepreneurship full-time and this is the only thing that you can, you're doing to make money, yep. um, all your fears and insecurities and stuff come out. And so that practice of focusing on your mental health, keeping that consistent was probably one of the most powerful things to kind of get me through the next stage. And now I'm looking at, okay, I got solid counselors, I got mentors, and now I'm looking at like, do I bring in a business coach in here to mm -hmm. kind of just like level out the whole set where you have, look at your past, look at your current and then look at future and like balance it all out. And I think that's what it really takes to like take a business to the level that you, you want to take it up to. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I've kind of done a light version of business coaching in that I do standing calls with all my agency owner friends that are successful. And we talk about what's going on. We share stories, share tools, share whatever. And that's been, um, kind of my version of, of a business coach, but I love the, the uh, past, future, present kind of model there. That seems like something that would benefit a lot of people. Um, so if you had to start CGM over again tomorrow with all the stuff you know today, what would be step one? Honestly, I was looking at this question and I was like, how do I answer this? Because like the way that I built CGM, I think is the way that I would still go back and build CGM. <laughs> like, 
I wouldn't have changed it because the way I did it was this like, it's not this like fast growing business, right? Like you're not going from like zero to 100 in a year, right? It's like, it's those like little growth things. So I'm like adding different pieces into the mix. I'm meeting people consistently, like spending the time to meet 671 just agency owners. That's not including the number of business owners I've spoken to. Like building that kind of network takes time and you can't rush it. And so for me, if I had gone back, I'd, I'd probably do the same thing, man. Like just be slow, methodical, build it out, go in with some ignorance, to be honest, like just not knowing how much work it's going to take to build a business like this. Like yep. it's a good thing I didn't know that and just do the work, like just do the work, put the time in. And I guess knowing what I know now, I know every single network connection that I make and every relationship that I build is helping me down the road. And I know that now and I knew that back then, but it just solidifies that how important your network really is. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. And I I wouldn't say the question is meant to elicit an answer about what you would do different. So I I love the answer. I think that, I mean, being slow and methodical is fine. Like it's okay to take your time and, you know, it doesn't, there's just the constant, you know, the SAS hockey stick kind of like, this is the way you have to build a startup kind of mentality. And like, that's, I did the same thing. I mean, I built mine through consulting. It took me years and I built it up and then like, you know, yes, there's times where shit just goes crazy and like you're, you're you know, too much, you know, it's, it's a good problem to have, right? Too many clients and you're just like, oh my God, like what do I do? And like you said, then you're, that's your next evolution of, of a business owner and as a human being. So I think that's a great answer. So you mentioned the mental health stuff. I mean, obviously, you know, the physical stuff you're into, but, but, you know, what are the three things you're doing to kind of keep your longevity up, to keep yourself tuned up as high as, you know, caliber as you can be, you know, in life? Yeah. So three healthy habits. I mean, we talked about some of them already, like mental health is number one in future forward thinking, right? So getting, I always think of it as like getting your Avengers team, right? Like you want an Avengers team for different aspects of your life and those people help you move forward. So for business, for me, it's like my counselor, my mentors, and then soon my business coach and obviously like community, like you talked about that supports you. And then even in personal life, I have an Avengers team. I have a solid doctor. I have a solid naturopath. I have a strength and conditioning coach, right? Like I have people that I can go to when something goes wrong and it's not my expertise, I can reach out to them. Mm-hmm. So that's number one. And I'm trying to keep that healthy habit there and have that support network. The gym and, and food is, is massive for me, right? I want to be eating healthy. I want to be cooking as much as I can at home, eating at home because you just know what's in your food and staying consistent with the gym. I see my strength and conditioning coach once every two weeks, and then he builds me up my program for the next two weeks. I did say I was a personal trainer at some point. I could do this myself, <laughs> but... That I just not where I want to spend my mental energy, right? I'd rather someone else do it for me. And I just literally go to the gym, look at my app. Oh, I got to do this today. Done. Like I'll, I'll get it done. Yeah. And then the last one would be just, just working on being less reactive and being more centered, which I think the first two help get there. And I think a big part of that is just awareness and just trying to get better individual, like step by step. And then once you hit like, you know, 10 years in business, you go, wow, like nothing really phases me anymore because I've kind of gone through it. I've dealt with the emotions and I can kind of do whatever I want at that point. I love it. I'm a firm believer in all those things. I would love to get a strength and conditioning coach. I have to figure out where to find one is my thing. Where did you find yours? Did, when you're in the space, you probably... I was in the space. Gym. But no, you'll, so you're going to be looking for these like people that are on another level. So if you look at SNC coach, because most personal trainers, they don't have a strength and conditioning level, right? Like it's, strength and conditioning is on top of a personal trainer. Mm, okay. They do about an extra year of work and it's a program that they have to do to get to that level. And those types of people are the ones that are working with like athletes, okay. right? So you're not going to get the, like the hypertrophy programs of like, okay, you're just going to hit like multiple sets of bicep curls and tricep curls. It's like, 
now you're like really doing like heavy lifts like squats powerlifting depending on what if you play sports like what season sport you're in because you have to do these like periods right yeah so just look for like the high level guys that work with actual high level athletes and that's the guy you want to hire okay yeah i saw a guy that's so funny i saw a dude i don't think you guys have rita's up there it's like a water ice like summertime ice cream place near here and i went there with my kids the other day and there was a dude there that wasn't getting ice cream he was getting it for his kids but he looked like an action figure like he was like just this like fake looking human being and like he had like this like some sort of physical trainer shirt on and i, I came that close to just be like hey man <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> weird question but like you know are you like you know i mean i think he did it for a living obviously i mean he's like you, know, you can see the guys who are like all right that guy like does it for a living. so i almost i almost got that my wife's like you should have got his number i was like yeah i probably should have but yeah i will <laughs> i'll definitely be on the lookout uh, i didn't know that there were separate levels that that's interesting all right so mystery question time so non-business related nothing to do with your business what's something you would do anything on earth if you knew you couldn't fail i'll tell you what i want to do i likely will do even if it does fail so my thing is as i'm going through this entrepreneurship experience what i'm starting to realize is i really enjoy meeting like really cool people like and every now and then like one out of like 30 or one out of 40 people you're like this person's a cool person like they're one of a kind I have this thing where I want to take those types of people that I'm meeting that have the kind of the same values that I have, where it's like, you know, your growth mindset, you don't have to be just like a business person. Like you can be someone that's working in corporate, but you're just like this person that when someone talks to you, like you just get energy from and you get excited to talk to, right? I want to take those types of people and put them into like a private community personally and just run that community in, in a way that like, I'm just like creating these interactions between these types of people and beautiful things I think will happen just from putting people like that in the same environment. So basically I want to create a group of, of one of a kind type people and build that out over time and then see kind of what happens with that. Dude, that's beautiful. I actually have the same exact goal. I consider myself like a community builder. It's like something that I kind of like finally gave myself credit for being able to do because I've done it forever. I've done it with like video game communities and like now I have like an astrophotography community where I have like a thousand people and I've always wanted to do the same thing you just said. Uh, but like the bni's of the world and like those business groups that are kind of just they're just like it's not for me uh and the chamber of commerce and all those things are great and they're fun organizations to be part of but like like you said a one-of-a-kind kind of group i think is a great idea i love that that's the first yeah. that was the first you're the first person who has said that so that's one of a kind <laughs> cool. um well this was great dude let's let's end it here there's some great lessons in here i'd love to have you again on someday like you're a smart guy you're very i like the methodical like you laid out your five and ten year plan i think that's like every software engineer i've ever talked to just very you know procedural very analytical i mean i have my like i, said, I have my background in comp side but like i chose not to go that path um but you know you're i i think people will get some good stuff out of this so um where can people find you if they want to find uh baydad or uh cjam the two places I'm on the most, you can find me on my website at www.cjammarketing.com. Just shoot me an email from that website or just find me on LinkedIn underneath my name, Jamshidi. I'm on there quite often. So best ways to reach out to me. All right. Well, I'll include those in the notes and hopefully people will reach out. Um, Baydad, it was great meeting you, brother. Uh, a lot of energy and uh, love what you're doing. Keep up the good work. All right. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, Jay. Thanks, man. Talk to you, buddy. See ya. Take care.